0: Hello and welcome to The Bearded Advocate, You need-to-know source for living with a chronic illness, disability, mental health disorder, or terminal illness. I'm your host, Alex Pappas, and I'll be sharing my experiences living with a chronic illness, as well as inviting others on to share their stories. So thank you for stopping by, and be sure to check out the new website, thebeardedadvocate.com. Alright guys, thank you for joining me for another episode of The Bearded Advocate. Today I am joined by Jay, and he's going to share some of his experiences being part of the community. Thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me here. I'm Jay Kel. I'm uh, 43 years old from India, Mumbai. And uh, right now, I have uh, a year back from headmaster ALS. So I'm trying to deal with that right now. Uh, that's a very brief introduction that I can give you right now. All
0: right. And- you want to give a little bit of a deeper explanation as to what that diagnosis is and kind of how it affects you on a day to day basis?
1: Okay, so uh, this is a, part of a you know, auto disease effect, uh, okay. It's a chronic illness where uh, I'm, I'm sure most of you people know that ALS is uh, you know, basically the brain stops sending the signals to your uh, auto, auto ability which is your limbs, especially in your lungs and that. Component. So, you yeah, know, you gradually get weaker and uh, you tend to, you know, lose your strength, you lose ability to walk. You could be absolutely healthy, but slowly and steadily you start losing your know, you know, movements. And uh, Stephen Hawkins is a best example of yeah you know, uh, being a successful diagnostic. So, in my case, uh, particularly right now, I am uh, you know, not able to now, I'm part of the wheelchair, uh, and the uh, wheelchair And my movement in my hands as well is uh, very limited. My left hand is weak, absolutely no muscles from uh, my shoulder to my elbow. My right hand is still coping up, uh, but it's not strong enough. But it's still better than my left. Also, it affects my neck. My neck is not on a control, It's very difficult to take care of it. Uh, you know, Without support, so uh, and yes, some difficulties in breathing, and uh, part of this is that you have a chronic, uh, what do you say? A chronic uh, fatigue.
0: Chronic fatigue, takes, yeah, uh, that's always a nasty one. I
1: so uh, tell me about it, so you, you know, I can barely walk maybe ten feet and I'm exhausted. So these are the current symptoms of my uh, current state of my uh, disease. I got diagnosed a year and a half back. Uh, but the symptoms had started, I would say, in 2019, December. 1st.
0: So they started and they took a while to kind of get diagnosed?
1: Yeah, because it's not very common. You know? I, in fact, thought there's something wrong with my shoulder. So I got the MRI done on my shoulder and I went an to orthopedic to see you know, why it's impacting me in this way. Luckily the orthopedic was a good one. He realized it was not something to do with my wound or something like that. And he advised me to go for an EMG test. That's when I got it confirmed
0: that I got something called like And what does um what does treatment look like over there in India for that? Because I know even in the United States, um, people that are diagnosed with ALS, there's a, a variety of treatments and a variety of things that you're kind of allowed to do towards the end of the um, the disease itself.
1: Honestly speaking, here the doctors, so I can speak about my own experience. Mm-hmm. So I showed my efforts to the doctor and he had a meeting on Zoom with my family and because this was during the pandemic time that I got diagnosed. So we were not allowed to go out and meet the doctor face to face. So on the Zoom, he said that uh, the best treatment is to treat me uh, what I feel like. That is the only line of treatment that he gave me. And along with that, just one tablet, of, uh, one tablet, I don't remember the name. So that is what I was supposed to do, take. That's about it. Okay. So that is what the allopathy told me, uh, which made me realize actually they don't have any treatment in allopathy in India. So that's when I started uh, evaluating the others, other uh, alternative therapies, which included our very own Ayurveda, then there was Homeopathy. So I tried Ayurveda with one of the leading uh, Ayurvedists in India. I spent two months in the ashram, but then that did not help me much, to be honest. And then I tried Homeopathy. also it's not helping me much, to be honest. Homeopathy is slow. And then there is something called neuro uh, neurotherapy. I'm trying that right now, which is chemical balance in the body. I'm trying um, naturopathy. I'm trying depression, pressure, acupuncture, so All kind of alternative frequencies that yeah, I'm trying out right now. And very honestly, nothing seems to be working as a plan.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I know, I mean, he, even here in the U.S., there's kind of things that can... You know, medication that they can give you to help with some of the side effects of it and to kind of slow its progression and, and help with some of the energy or, or movement in general. But there's no treatment to kind of make it better or go away. Um, yes. and, and depending on what state you are in the United States too, there's different kind of ways that they go about the progression of it and how bad they'll let it get going um, I say that because my uncle had it and he passed away from it um, two years ago now, no, three years ago now. And thankfully, he was in one of the states where they allowed him to kind of when he got to a point where it was bad enough, decide that, you know, he just wanted to kind of pass away peacefully versus letting the disease take him, unfortunately. So there's how do they how do they kind of treat that over there? Do you have to, you know, do they have anything as it starts getting worse that they help with that or do you just have to kind Not of let nothing.
1: it, you just have to let it go. It's, it's uh, just... You have to through it. I would say, rather than you have to just live through it and that's how it is.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cause I know up. even in the U S there's a lot of States where it's just, you got to, you know, kind of. See it out till the end. So it's very it's it's interesting here to see the the range of treatment options and how they treat it based on the state that you're in, even though you're in the same you know all in the United States, it's it varies drastically across the states. Okay. So now,
1: unfortunately, in India, we are in the, one, the same law everywhere in India. Any state you go, it's the
0: same law. Which I mean, it's definitely not a bad thing because at least it's you know everybody gets consistent treatment across the board now i know changing things is probably a lot more work because you know it's got to change across the board and everybody's got to agree on it but
2: mm-hmm.
0: now did they with with your diagnosis do they have like a specific time frame that they say it's going to start getting like a lot worse did they give you a time overall where it's like hey you know you got another year or two so i honestly
1: speaking uh, that's I right because what i understand is uh... Doctors are starting to play God's Law by giving a time frame, to be very honest. That's what I feel. Uh, so, I was given two years, a year and a half back. And it's my personal agenda to go and meet the doctor after two years and tell him that not, I'm still here. Uh, you're not done. So, don't do that. You know? don't, give them don't give them a time frame because you never know what will
2: work.
1: I feel personally it's a lot to do with their the time it's a lot of the you know, how you take it out, how you take it mentally ahead.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's how it takes. So, I was given two minutes. And it's been one and a half years. And I'm still here, you know, I'm still alive. I don't think so I'm going to go very soon.
0: Still got, <laughs> got a lot of fight left.
1: A lot of lot of I cannot do
2: it easily.
0: Now... A question about that. So I know I know you said it it definitely affects you know how how you mentally perceive it and how you take it is is very important. Do you notice any sort of changes, for example, if you're having like a good day when it comes to mental health or if you're more depressed, does it act up more? Or do you think in general it does? Yes, you know, it does. does. So typically when
1: you're alone and you know, you start so one day you get up and you realize, okay. Today I feel energetic. I thought I have energy to move around. So that's the day when you, you know, you feel good about yourself and the whole day passes by in a happy state. There are days when you get up and you say to the I am not time." And then you start keep thinking and you start thinking about it every now and then. And eventually, you know, you realize that the same effect is there on the other to of your body. It does it's like how you take
0: it up, how you get up in the morning and what kind of mindset are you in? Now, I mean, I talk about mental health a ton on the podcast because I know how important it is. And and with colitis, you know, mental health and stress have a direct impact on my, you know, disease. In India, how is how is kind of mental health handled? Like, are there programs for it? Is it something that people take really seriously? I know you guys are more of a, I would say, spiritual country than the United States. So do you guys look at mental health differently? Because in the U.S., it's kind of just ignored for the most part. And they're starting to get better, but it's pretty much just ignored.
1: See, I would say how I work spiritually. You know, how do I put it across? It's like, you know, you know the cure. You know how it is illness is there. But in spite of knowing the cure or in spite of knowing the way, you don't take it. so that's the issue here. However, if you come to part of saying mental illness, is a time still, you know? if you say I'm mentally ill, it's been taken as if you are a mad person or you're a psycho. You know? you're a psychotic person. So that's still a problem here. And that's what people call the just you know being a depression or mild depression people don't want to think about it because you know going to a psychiatrist or going to a counselor is treated as uh, you know you're mentally not stable and people still reluctantly uh, I would say going for help is still more of an option in the U.S. rather than India okay so the U.S. is ignored then then it's still kind
0: of that there's a heavy negative stigma around it over there.
2: Yes, absolutely. Okay.
0: Here, it's, it's slowly getting better. Um, I mean, in the United States, if, if you're dealing with depression and you get to the point of being suicidal, there's a hotline you can call, which is a good resource, and a lot of people use it. I just notice a lot that there's no sort of resources up until that point. It's like, hey, you know what? If you're getting really bad and you're having a really bad day, you can call us. But unless it's a really bad day, you're on your own, which I think is part of the problem. And from what I've seen, a lot of places around the world are dealing with kind of the same thing when it comes to mental health. Because I've talked to people in a lot of different countries and it's the same general census of, yeah, there's still a negative stigma around it. And if you you say you're depressed Mm -hmm. or if you're dealing with something, people kind of look at you as if there's something wrong with you. And I kind of try to bring into the aspect of like, we need to have a logical conversation around depression. Like, There's a lot of things that logically make sense of, Hey, if this happens to you, depression is going to come along with it. And it's, that's okay. It's how you deal with that and how you approach that depression and, and how you, you know, communicate it. That's the most important part. I mean, for example, right. you know, a diagnosis like yours it's not a great diagnosis. That's not a great thing to hear. Okay. And for people to just be like, oh, you know, expect you to be perfectly fine and, and not have any sort of feelings around it, like that's incredibly unfair. You know, you're already dealing with a bunch of stuff as it is. There's a logical response to the information that you're given. And then it's like, okay, you know what? This isn't great info, but how am I going to take it? And that kind of touches on the aspect of you talking about, like you, you know, staying in that positive mindset and trying to do something with it or looking at you know, the important aspects of it, or what I'm trying to do is people that are in that kind of low, that slump, like try to use that to help other people. If you can use your experience to hopefully help other people that are going through the same thing so that they at least have a better time going through it, or at least, it, it you know, it hurts less. And I say that because with my colitis, when I started out, you know, at 17, I made a lot of bad choices that Made the colitis a lot worse for myself, and I talk about that information all the time. And it's like I do it so other people suffer less. Like you're gonna go through it; it's not gonna be fun. But if you can suffer less and at least get the most out of that time that you have, it's super important.
1: Absolutely, what you're saying it makes sense. yeah <laughs> And that's what we're trying to do here as well. That's what uh, I so. I am a part of the community here, which was uh, healing india the That's what a group that we have. We try and talk to people because what happens usually is when you talk to a person suffering from a fatal you know, chronic illness or something like that, terminal illness, uh, you know, they are depressed. And when they're in depression, what I really figured out is that if you're in depression, you're inviting the death or the inevitable end much, much before than what it should have been. Even in your, even in this state, you know, even in this state. So, there has to be an acceptance of, okay, you know, this is what I have. Now, I can either fight it or I can succumb to it. So, that's where it comes so I choose to fight it. Now, fighting doesn't mean that, you know, every day morning I'm getting an armor. It's just that I don't want to give a fight. I want to live. And for, well, for life, the biggest weapon that I have is my own mind. It's my own will. That's what I have. So, we did a lot of lectures on this part what you're saying, absolutely it's important. And after the salt here, you know, we in India have a lot of uh, relatives coming over. We are staying in a joint family. And, you know, the family as such is much more in bonding than in family years. So what happens is, if you're suffering from something like this, it's more than you, the other people are coming telling, they're coming and telling, you know, we are very, very sad to hear about you, you're know, way back. You know, even that statement about you, God is not kind to. Those kind of negative messages keep setting you on a daily basis.
0: Yeah. No, I, that makes sense because I was actually, (laughs) I watch a lot of different motivational speakers and entrepreneurs and just people in the advocacy space as well. And I saw something the other day and it was talking about negative thoughts versus positive thoughts. And right saying them like having actual affirmations around them because one of the things I do is every morning when I wake up I, I go over the things I'm grateful for and before I go to bed I go over the things I'm grateful for and on that note the speaker was talking about the fact that when you say something positive out loud a positive affirmation something you're grateful for it is four times more powerful than not saying it at all.
1: Absolutely, the speaker is caught
0: on. No, 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 positive statements are four times more powerful in general. Saying it out loud is 10 times more impactful. And then a negative statement is seven times more powerful. So negative, saying something negative out loud is so much more powerful than saying something positive out loud. So it's so much more important to focus on the positive aspects of things, to to keep reminding yourself, which is why every day, you know, I start my day with the things I'm grateful for and I end my day with the things I'm grateful for, no matter how, you know, big or small they are, because I understand how bad my colitis was in, in the past. And you know, okay. which which is an important thing. I mean, it's something that I do. And I I I try to tell a lot of people that. Um, I interact within the advocacy space that are, that are in, you know, the disabled community or chronic community or terminal community. Like, Hey, look, I know it doesn't sound like something super impactful, but start your day with the things you're grateful for and end them with the things you're grateful for. Because one, you start in in a positive mindset and it's kind of like the, for me, it's the last thing I think about before I go to bed as I go over the things I'm grateful for. So I go to bed in a positive mindset to some extent you know, no matter how bad or rough the day was. Um, And I wish more people did that on a regular basis because so many people don't think it's important. They don't realize how impactful it is. You know, whether you're religious or spiritual, it's it's so important to do.
1: Absolutely. You know, what you're saying is so, so, so damn true. What you are doing is basically, you know, uh, I don't know if you believe in karmas, but in India, you believe a lot in our karmas. Mm-hmm. And one part of it is that uh, you know, being grateful, being grateful for what you are getting today, you know, so what you are doing is absolutely the best thing that you can do, and believe me, it's very, very powerful. I cannot stress the importance of that, and it has changed my life. So, if I can, can I give an example for that?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, uh, so, roughly about the same time that I got diagnosed with the same disease. There was another person in another city in, uh, in India. He also got diagnosed with the same, you know, same thing. And uh, similar mindset, uh, similar age thing. However, the person was very, very negative with all the messages that he was getting. Uh, there was this time that I was also being asked to speak to him to make him positive. But uh, it didn't make much difference. Unfortunately, the same stage that we were in, he passed off a month and a half back. He passed away, you know. Being in a similar state and it was very negative. He had ALS as well. Yeah. And I see not just one, but many cases where people actually keep on their end by being negative about it.
0: Well, I think that's that's part of one of the goals when it comes to talking about mental health so much. Is I think a lot of people, if they haven't, you know, dealt with anything in their life, if they've had a relatively normal life, they haven't had any, you know, massive yes. things that have kind of, you know, when life happens, the more that happens to you, the more used to things you get and the more understanding you are like one of the big things that I, I talk about a lot on the podcast is I say pain puts things into perspective and that perspective can give us a purpose. And I say that because the more pain and suffering that you experience, the more normal it is and the more understanding you can have around it and you can kind of learn a lesson from it. So you're more prepared to deal with things that would impact somebody that's never gone through anything more. And in that aspect of what you're talking about, a lot of people that get these extremely bad diagnoses, and even people that have chronic illnesses that that aren't a terminal illness or that just have a disability, it has such an impact on them because they've never dealt with anything to this scale, this magnitude or even close to it, you know, you know, their bad day was, oh, they dropped their coffee in the morning. And that was, you know, that was the highlight of their bad days. Or Somebody broke up with them after, you know, had a bad relationship, broke up with them, nothing, nothing horrible, nothing massively impactful. And I think that's part of why, you know, I try to talk about mental health so much is because we need to normalize talking about it for even the basic things. You have a bad, you know, you have a bad week at work, you, you get a flat tire and, you know, there's these things that can cause stress or that can impact you in a negative way. Or, oh, you have a, you know, you get out of a relationship and you're depressed for a little while. Talking about these things on a regular basis, I think can greatly help prepare you in case something big does happen. So when something like this happens, you know, like a diagnosis, like ALS, like you're talking about, you can be a little more not necessarily positive around the, the diagnosis itself, but in a positive mindset and have a better way to handle the emotions that come along with this bad diagnosis or bad news that have you know such an impactful scale on your life.
1: Right. I agree, quite agree. Uh, what you're saying makes sense. Um, yes, absolutely. It makes sense that you know, what you said was that Earlier, if you're not prepared, for it. you know, as you said, dropping your coffee is a bad day for them. Trust me, everything, you know, God has a plan for each one of us. We don't realize it because we cannot see it. But when He does things, so I am a God believer in God. So you know, especially now, so more than before. But as I see His scheme you of know, things, you know, I have seen things that could have happened to me earlier, and I feel whatever you know, tough times that I faced in my life earlier was only to make me stronger for what was coming. And today I can handle it better, I can deal with this better. Only because I have gone through that much more tough phase of life, as you said, life. And life happens. Yep. Yes. <clears throat>
0: does prepare you for that. And and for some of us life happens a lot. So we're really prepared when it keeps <laughs> happening. <laughs> yes. Which,
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> which I think is, you know, and that's kind of one of, my, one of my philosophies on the pain puts things into perspective and can give us a purpose. I think, unfortunately, you, you know, in this day and age, you're starting to see more, more diagnoses, more terminal diagnosis, more chronic diagnosis, more people being disabled um, from various conditions. And I think part of that is a lot of people, I believe, are too comfortable in a normal life. Mm-hmm. And I say that because, you know, before I got colitis, I didn't really have anything, you know, major issues, no, no health conditions, nothing crazy, but lightest, colitis kind of shifted my life in a completely different direction. And it pushed me to the point where I am now, where I have, you know, the podcast and I'm trying to advocate for others. And <clears throat> the reason I say, I think that, you know, there's that pain in the long run pushes the purpose behind it is I think there's, there's a A larger goal behind it. The more people that are affected by things, the more people are going to start, I think once they get to the proper stage, start trying to help each other, start understanding that the things that they've been through, a lot of people are going through. And it, it, I think, gets people to start looking past themselves. It gets people to start being more empathetic, more understanding of what other people are going through, even though you can't see it. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people need to experience it before they start to think about it. Which is where a lot of the chronic conditions and, and, you know, disabilities kind of come into play because you, especially if you get diagnosed with something and you've been healthy and then it's just this massive change. I think it's getting more people to kind of be aware of like, hey, this is an important thing we need to talk about. And hopefully in the long run, um, the high diagnosis rate will have a positive impact of more resources being available because more people are sharing what they've gone through, which you know, I, I, I definitely appreciate you coming on from the ALS community because there definitely has been a barrier of entry trying to get people in that community to talk on the podcast. And I understand because, my, you know, my uncle had it and he passed away from it. So I understand the sensitivity around it because it's such a nasty diagnosis and, you know, the long run effect of it. But I think just because you guys are in, you know, the terminal community, it doesn't mean that you guys shouldn't be able to talk what you're going through and be a resource for other people that are going through it now or down the road.
1: I did you know. I yeah, you have quite a few things that you said on the last statement and I actually mean, quite quite huge what you just said, you know in the last statement. Is that one ways you said you know, that most of the people did not realize the importance of all these things till the time we actually are facing it ourselves. You know? And that was the first thing which I completely agree because it took me to get into this state to realise a lot of things which I was ignoring or which I didn't just just didn't realise it. Had I been in my normal state, I think I wouldn't have realized it. So yeah.
0: you kind of take it for I granted. It.
1: <laughs> yes, we take our health for granted we take our relations for granted, we take our beliefs for granted, and basically we take granted everything. You know, we give importance to things that are actually not that high on priority. Today, luckily for me, I found my peace in Tao meditation. And that's one kind of meditation, Chinese meditation, which works at your soul level. So I found my purpose there, and the purpose as I started getting more and more deeper into it, I started realizing that, you know, helping and serving others is what is actually gonna make us make things out. And we don't realize this till the time we actually go through it ourselves. So that's, you know, that's the first point that I would, you know, I say that with my own experience, that you're quite spot on on that. Secondly, having reservations, you know, I understand that this disease is sensitive and it's quite nasty, but then, not speaking about it is not gonna change the fact that it's gonna be there. You know? It's still there. So the best you can do is to accept it if you are going through it, rather than, you know, blaming God for it or blaming whatever. Find what works with you. Get on a mindset, you know, where you are positive. Get on the so I can you know, I can say one you know, of the best things about this is my friends, the way even now they treat me and they talk to me as if I've got nothing. And in fact when we are sitting together, they make fun of it. You know, it's like as if it's nothing. And it, it, it actually helps, you know, it, it actually helps me to be quite normal around them, except my thing, which is there, and actually deal with it a much better way, you know, in a healthy mindset. Yeah. So people, if, if they have something to contribute, if they are going through something, it makes more sense for them to come out and speak about it. It will help a lot many more people. i I think that's the other thing that we should do without preservations
0: well it's 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 one of those things it's like you know just because you're diagnosed with a terminal illness doesn't mean that you're you know discounted as a person and and what you're going through doesn't matter at all because i feel like the terminal community there's kind of that Well, at least from, you know, going with my uncle with ALS and I mean, my grandfather passed away from dementia. So I I think that falls in the terminal community as well. There's this, I've seen kind of pre-notion and mindset of like once someone's diagnosed with that, it's just like, well, that's it. That's it. That was, that was the end of it. Like, There's still a lot that you can do. There's still a lot that you can learn from. There's still, you know, there's still interactions you can have. Just because you get diagnosed with something, you know, terminal illness doesn't mean that you're just no longer useful as a person. I feel like that's how some people look at it and they kind of act. And I understand because it's, you know, it's 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 a nasty diagnosis, and you know, terminal illnesses they have their very you know specific end at some point, but to kind of discredit anything that you're doing or have the ability to do is just, I think it's just asinine. Like there's so much, I know, you know, part of the ALS is inability to kind of, you know, that, that physical energy to move around, you know, your muscles start acting up and you're unable to do things physically that you were able to do in the past, but mentally there's still a ton that can be done. You know, there's still a ton, even talking to people about it, helping people, you know, helping other people that are newer to it, um, talking to other people in other communities and, and, you know, trying to share resources or information or even advocating for the diagnosis because there's a lot of people that have rare diseases that advocate for it to try to raise fundraising to get more research on it. And, you know, I, I wish... And and part of what I'm trying to do is pull a lot of the communities together so there can be more of an understanding as a giant community and and help raise more awareness for fundraising and such. And ALS in particular in my area, there's a lot of fundraising just due to one of the large uh, real estate investors in the area. His son got ALS and passed away from it. So he created a foundation and they do a ton of stuff in the area for it. Um, and he created a couple handicap accessible parks. And there's like a kid's um, like summer camp that's completely handicapped accessible. So it definitely, you know, it affects certain people and they, and they do more from it. It's just, I wish there was more of an understanding, like, hey, just because you have this doesn't mean you can't have an impact while you're still here.
1: Yeah, in fact, I'm quite happy to hear, you know, the things that are happening there, because unfortunately, unlike there in India, most, quite a few doctors even don't know what PLS stands for, or so what does it mean. They haven't even heard of it. So we are a long way from this community, uh, you know, community coming together and doing an advocacy for it. We are trying, but we are still a very small group of people in India here. And we are a long way from, you know, having those uh, talk with disability, people, disabled people, you know, facilities for them. In fact, most of, the, uh, most of the organizations and structures in India are still not without, uh, you know, these so, are still without the disability factor. So that's why I hurts. it. I hate it's not, you know, not there that And uh, as you rightly pointed out, I personally believe that the mind is stronger when the other aspects of the body are not there. Stephen Hawkins became Stephen Hawkins once he was on the chair, right?
0: I mean it's proven time and time again that the mind is more powerful than the body because you look at look at what people accomplish i mean even if you look at all the wealthy people in the world they're wealthy because they use their mind to get there they're successful because they use their mind to get there even if you look at some of the top spiritual people in the world or people that have been advocates that have made massive change in the world they use their mind to get there their thoughts and how they portrayed them in the you know the words that they used A lot of people just don't realize that, you know, your mind is so powerful and what you can do with it. And
1: it it can make you do things out of this world.
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, I think there needs to be more of a conversation around that mindfulness and the power that we do have, especially because it's a powerful thing and it can be used for both good and bad as we've seen in history. So it's a matter of, yeah, I mean, you know, some amazingly smart individuals in history that have done some absolutely horrible things and on the flip side there's some amazingly smart individuals in history that have done some amazing things and they're just using the power of their mind to you know and thought to make it happen so yeah emphasizing on and that that kind of swings back to that mental health talk you know talking about mental health and strengthening the mind to prepare for things like this and to be able to understand things like this is so important
1: can just give you a quick example of that uh, So i'm sorry that i did not introduce on what i do for a living uh, basically i run my own company uh, where we are into a distribution business for some mobile phones now before i got diagnosed i only had one product line from a distribution now post getting you know post being diagnosed with this the only thing that was working very sharply for me was my mind and today with god's grace we have six different lines of uh, distribution and believe me, physically, I cannot do a damn thing. It's all the mind. But then you put your mind to the right place, you build up your team, you build up your processes. And then you have, you're expanding the business. Whereas people had advised me to wind up my business. You know, people advise, actually advised me that, you know, you're physically not capable in that. You're not going to be able to manage it. So why waste time or why waste your energy? But they don't realize that's what gives me happiness. Yeah. My work keeps me occupied from morning 10 a.m., you know, evening 8 p.m. So I am focused there. I'm increasing my business and it's actually working out well. Well, and that's, as you said,
0: it's all about your mind. Well, that's something I talk a lot about when it comes to mental health. And I talk about it for people that have, you know, chronic illnesses, disabilities, terminal illnesses, idle time can be the worst thing if you're not in the right mindset and i say that because yeah like i have i'm like 90 percent sure i have adhd i need to go actually get diagnosed but the way that my mind thinks it's just all over the place and when i'm in a positive mindset it's super Uh creative you know like working on the podcast i'm coming up with all kinds of ideas to expand into other social media platforms programs to work on, content to release. Like it is all these ideas constantly rattling around in my head. You know, I write them all down and I go through them when I'm sitting down and focused on it. But when you're in a negative mindset, when you're dealing with something like, especially when I was first diagnosed, having that idle time to just sit and think when you're thinking negative thoughts, they can snowball so rapidly. And a small thought can turn into this massive negative thing Including all the emo- emotions that come along with it. And that's horrible. So I talk to people all the time, like finding something that you can distract yourself with. Like I'm a gamer, I, I listen to music, you know, I work on cars. I run the podcast now, which is a big, big one for me that takes up a lot of time. But setting aside time for you to just be in a good mindset. And even if it's something that just kind of distracts you so you can, take a minute to step away from stress and then come back to it kind of refreshed is super important. And you know, it's, that's exactly what you're talking about. You have the time to mentally focus on your business and growing it. And that's what you do. And it keeps you focused on that. It keeps you focused on growing and because you're growing and because you're turning it into something that's, that's, it's definitely a positive mindset. Um, and I'm sure it feels great that you're still able to grow it so much while having the diagnosis compared to some people that would just rather, you know, give up and not do anything.
1: Absolutely. You know, what? whatever you say, I, I also do that. So when I speak to someone, I, this is what I actually say. So you know, your mind is what keeps you either in you know, a good state or a bad state. Oh, I don't say that I don't have my bad days. Of course I do have my bad days, you know, where I'm weak, I feel... Negative, you cannot be positive and jumping around all the time, but then it's the portion, it's the percentage of time that you spend on being negative and the time that you spend on being positive. Now, if you want to talk about mental health, how do you get into something as nasty as this? How can you be positive? That's a question that's been asked to me a lot of times. And i say it comes from you know acceptance. One is because of my acceptance of what I have, that's the step number one. But yes. I have it, I cannot fight it, I cannot deal with it, I cannot, I, cannot, I cannot just fight with anyone to get rid of it. So now, second thing is to manage. And mm-hmm. most importantly, the part of management is, keep your mind off the negative. Now, to keep your mind off negativity, the best thing that you can do is to keep your mind focused on something positive. Now, that, for me, that was my work, that was my down. But somebody could be just as yeah, simple as family, or maybe... The creative question is that like you are there, you are into you know doing something to fast people. So yep. that's the second part of it. And the third part and the most important part of it is no matter how mentally strong you are and how it doesn't matter how you know creative you are, if you're not giving back to the community. And if you're not trying to serve, that's the goal, you know, that's the ultimate goal. And if you're not sharing what's happening, there's a lot you know a big chunk of your piece or a big chunk of your Mental satisfaction that is all going to come to you. So, according to me, accept, manage it, it yourself occupied, and third is so, These three things should help you do further. And of course, you know there are other things like doing yoga, doing spiritual, meditating on yourself. And one thing which you know most people don't do, which you actually do, it is being grateful for things. Yeah? Grateful. So, two things again in that part of it if you are coming up spiritually. We
0: have to do a lot of forgiveness, a lot of you know, being gratified. Well, yeah, and, and gratitude is such an important part because no matter what you're going through, it gets your mindset on look, I am still grateful for this or this person or this thing that I have. Like, even if it's as simple as, look, I'm grateful for the roof over my head, I'm grateful for the food that I eat, yes. and I'm grateful for the money that I earn. Like, at a fundamental level, you still have to appreciate the, the day-to-day things that happen that allow you to function. Like, you know, you might not have that sports car that you want, or you might be in the hospital, or, you know, you might have lost a job, but you still have to be grateful for the people around you, you know, your family. And so many people get hung up on the negative thing that they're focused on. And a lot of the times, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. But if you're stuck on this mindset of so, so much negativity, this open door, you might walk right by like the opportunity of a lifetime is right there because you know what? And and I, and I think about it a lot because I spent a ton of time in the hospital with my diagnosis and you know, as someone that has a chronic condition or that has a disability, when you have a lot of downtime physically because of your condition, you have so much time to mentally focus on things. And there's definitely a grieving process, and there's you know there's the, the depression side of it. But if you can understand like, look, I can't control certain things. So why am I stressing over and focusing on them I need to focus on the things that I can control and the things that I can work on and it's the same mindset of uh, or same idea when it comes to things you know negatively impacting your life if you can't control them like you can't control your diagnosis so why waste so much mental energy and time stressing over something you can't control focus on the things that you can't control which in your case you know you' you're you're growing your business to someplace that it may not have ever grown to if you didn't get the diagnosis because you're like you know what this is what i need to do now this is what's going to happen and you're focused on the things that you can control you can't physically go do things now you're focused on your business which is i mean a lot of people don't realize most businesses are mental mental aspect there is i think when you're setting a business up there's a lot of physical stuff involved but once it's set up and kind of doing its thing a lot of running it is just just telling other people what to do making phone calls you know connecting people to people.
1: Absolutely. You know, what you're saying is absolutely strong. Now, you know, if you're saying uh, being, strategy, being grateful for the time, whatever, I would say, you know, let's take down a step below. If I get up in the morning today, if I open my eyes, I'm grateful for that. I can stay there. If I can breathe, I'm grateful for that. I can move my fingers. I can still, you know, sit. I can talk to you. I, you know, I, I'm able to talk to you right now. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a positive. That's, that, that, I'm grateful for that. Because ideally, in ALS, one of the major aspects is that the vocal cord gets disrupted badly. You can't speak. You can't talk. So I'm grateful for that, you know? So these are, I would take that to that level, you know, much more basic level than yeah. any of this, you know? You should be grateful for that. It starts from, right from there. You know, then well, comes the family. Then comes the friends. Then comes your the business. Then comes everything else
0: well yeah and that's that's important and and i usually like i i reference you know grateful for the roof over my head the food that i eat and the money that i earn just because in the u.s the the social aspect of it there's this there's this expectation where you know you have to be making a lot of money you have to have a nice house you have to have nice cars it's all focused on the financial aspects of it and there's no there's no focus on i guess this is
1: yeah, this is standard everywhere
0: yeah yeah standard, okay it's everywhere. it's still yeah it, it's it's such a problem so
2: you
0: oh, know i look at that and agree. and i say that because you know with my condition i've been at the point where i wasn't able to work or i was stuck in the hospital for like three three weeks which is never fun so you know the simple things for me it's like okay you know i'm grateful that i may not in my actual home sleep in my actual bed. You know, I'm grateful that I can still go to work and make, you know, make money and, and pay for things. I'm definitely grateful that I have the time and energy to do the podcast. Cause I mean, I work a 40 hour week and then I put probably 30 to 60 hours a week into the podcast, depending on the week Wow. between, yeah. Talking to people, recording, editing. I mean, I'm constantly. For Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I make motivational posters that get posted twice a day to kind of keep people interacted. I'm gonna start working on like episode highlights. Like I'm always working on this. And and I'm grateful that I have the energy to do that because I know points in my life where that was definitely not the case. Like I wouldn't, I would get home from my 40-hour job week and I would just be like out of it because my colitis didn't I was you know, that, that chronic fatigue aspect. So, kudos
1: to you, you know, you're doing these things, got so much energy to do, you're serving the people. That's huge. That's huge.
0: Look, for, for me, the biggest thing that I think about, and kind of the biggest thing that motivates me. So, a couple years ago, like two and a half years now, there's this 10 year old boy in Kentucky, and his story was shared in the irritable bowel disease community because he had a ostomy bag. When they take out a you know portion of your large um, intestine or colon, they put the little ostomy bag in until sometimes they're able to go reconnect it, and that's just you know how you use the restroom. So he was ten, and by the age of ten, he had gone through twenty six surgeries because he had a, um, a birth defect. So he had a lot of like ongoing health conditions and stuff. Twenty six surgeries by the age of ten, and finally had this little. You know awesome bag put in, and he was bullied at school and ended up hanging himself when his mom went to the store at ten. Oh. And the reason I want to connect to all the communities together is because more and more kids are getting diagnosed with chronic conditions, terminal illnesses, right. disabilities in general. And it's impacting more people. And with Covid, you know, suicide rates skyrocketed because people were stuck inside especially people that have you know all these different health conditions it definitely affected them and some people are still stuck inside because of the you know being high risk um for me it's so important to connect people to help curve that problem because the way I look at it is I got colitis at 17 It took me a very long time to deal with it and get to the point where I wanted to start an advocacy effort, which kind of came together in the past two years. So after about eight years, I started kind of being like, okay, I need to start doing something. I'm helping the community because I'm part of the community and I was affected by it. And I understand when it comes to colitis or a lot of conditions, how bad it can get both mentally, you know, how dark of a place you can go and physically the physical pain that can be associated with it. I don't have a doctorate. I don't have, you know, I'm I'm not in the medical field. I don't have a degree in anything related to health, but I'm still trying to help the community. Now I wonder all the people that are part of these communities that unfortunately commit suicide because they didn't get the help that they needed. They didn't get the support that they needed or because they were taunted so much because of what they're going through, which is already painful enough. What kind of an impact would those people have had if they had help and decided to get into the community that they're in? Like that 10-year-old boy, what if, what if he had somebody in his community reach out, help him and mentor him? And because he was, you know, at 10, he was dealing with it and he's been dealing with it his whole life. What at 10 or 11 or 12 or even career day in high school, he decided, you know what? I'm going to go into medicine. I'm going to go into medicine and I'm going to research my disease or my condition. And they put the time and energy into it. What if they find a cure? What if they find a treatment method? What if they find some life-changing thing for the people that are diagnosed with these conditions? Same thing even goes for like terminal conditions. What if, what if some of these kids that are exposed to these conditions on an early age, whether it's a family member that goes through it, What if they get so involved in it that they end up being the person that comes up with a better treatment plan or a cure or something that can change treatment for people that are diagnosed with a terminal illness or a disease? Because, I mean, you know how it is. A lot of the medication that's on the market that's designed to treat certain conditions, a lot of them aren't even meant to treat things. Like they're, they're accidentally discovered when they're trying to come up with research for something else. And they're like, hey, well, we didn't cure this, but wow, this works really well in this condition. <clears throat> so I think about that all the time, and it's, it's trying to pull everybody together to say, look, you know, I know you're going through something hard, <clears throat> but you can make such an impact with what you're going through once you get through it. Or <clears throat> in your case, you can make an impact while you're dealing with it right until the end. So it's, it's super important. And, and I think about it so much of like, hey, there's all these people that are suffering. And where would we be if they had the support that they needed? What kind of an impact could they have had?
1: What you said, is actually making as well. We actually have no support system I am not too sure about US, but in India, the situation is much more worse like that. We have, we have actually got no proper, you know, setup for these kind of things. And it does bother me you know, when I talk to think of it. It is kind of a big thing. We actually, you know, what motivates you like a child? Like that. We have nothing to do deal with
0: How do we really don't either? I mean, kids are kind of just on their own. I mean, being a kid in general, like the school system doesn't do a ton to help kids out other than, you know, educate them to be an adult and even that, you know, basic, basic uh, academic functions, but
1: it's,
0: it's one of those things, you know, as a I, I got my colitis after i I graduated high school. like I, I graduated in my summer vacation, I got colitis, so I wasn't in school with it. And I can't I can't imagine. like, <clears throat> at my worst, I was going to the bathroom twenty to thirty times a day. I couldn't have, I couldn't imagine being in school for that. I would never be in class. I wouldn't learn anything. I'd be stuck in the bathroom the whole time. And children are horrendously, mean to each other just in general like children are monsters to each other and i can say that because you know i was one of them too so i can i can definitely say (laughs) i was not the nicest kid in school and there were definitely kids that were not the nicest to me either um that's just an all-around fact of being a kid and that's just going to school and being functional let alone if you have you know a condition or something that you're going through on top of that i could not even imagine if i was going to the bathroom like 15 times a day during school everyone would taunt so you know that that's something i think about a lot is like there's i want to create this system this network where people can help each other grow through things and be like hey you know what just because your local community and the people that you're around on a regular basis aren't helpful there's this giant community online of people that can help with so much because The people that make changes in the world are people that are impacted by it. Kind of like I was talking about with with the gentleman in, in my area in Virginia, the real estate guy, he has raised so much money for ALS locally. And there's a lot of organizations that have raised a ton of money. One of the local organizations ended up raising, I think it was close to like $3 million. And the real estate guys raised a ton of money for ALS research because he was directly impacted by it right so there has to be this network there needs to be kind of a community for people that are directly affected by things so that they make it through it and i mean it's a little different for terminal illness because you know the diagnosis has an end at some point but on the flip side for a you know a disability or chronic illness there needs to be support too because it's like hey look just because you have this doesn't mean your life's over You can still do a lot and there might be some people around you that are not supportive and that are creating issues, but that's not a reflection of the entire world because there's a ton of people in the health community that can give you all the support you need. And they're complete strangers, complete strangers, which is the biggest thing that kind of blows my mind is I can go in terminal illness groups, disability groups, chronic illness groups, mental health groups, and just ask for help. 80% of the people in that group willing to help you as much as they can, as much as they can. They don't know you. They've never interacted with you, but they understand, like we all understand on a fundamental level what we're all going through because we've all been there to some degree.
2: I agree. You know
1: what you said. People want to help. Mm-hmm. I have, I've, I've actually realized this part as well. People want to help. People want to be peaceful. Only thing they need is a venue, you, uh, you know, a trusted source to do so. That's for you, what we what we have to get it out here is that people have a genuine trust issue with when, when you ask for your know, helping, but once they know that you're okay, you are know, the right person to do it. Absolutely, so many people from different walks of life come ahead and healthy. So I can tell you this from my own experience. My own experience is that you know, there are people across different states whom I have never ever met in my life, whom I have, have you know I have never spoken to, but they are you know, they are doing whatever they can, not financially. But you know, in my case, with God's will, with aid, I'm are financially done. But the spiritually, they are praying for me. They are doing a lot uh, of, you know, how do I say it? Rituals that are there in India. That is to be done. You know, we believe a lot in those things. So they are doing that for me without any expectations from me. Without any detail. You know, Really, I don't know how I can help. And I'm speechless. In different walks of life, these guys are there. The people whom I have just met. And they are going out of their ways to take me to the best of the doctors possible, get me to the best of uh, the treatments available, uh, anything. They just want to help in any possible way. And when I advocate the same thing, that, you know, we should just form this into, formulate into one thing and maybe help so-and-so organization, they are all ready for it. They are all ready for it. Yeah. Yes. The community does come to home if your intent is right. And if you really mm-hmm. want to do it, yes, you can do it. Yeah, I, there's no short of good people. Yeah, that's what I, I
2: realized.
0: No, I, I, really no you know,
1: yeah, I really thank God for that. You know, yeah. I, I see them all around me. Right? And believe me, again, coming, to the back, coming back to the point that if I was in my normal health condition, I wouldn't get to work. And I wouldn't realize it. I am a much different person than what I was earlier. I observe these. I'm grateful for these people coming into my life now. And I'm really thankful, you know, from what way, whatever my state, At least I got to know this side of the story.
2: So, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, and that's, <clears throat> I mean, you know, I was telling you earlier, I've probably interviewed 80 or so people on the podcast. And I've interviewed right. people from all over the place. You're the first person from India, which... I think it's really cool because <laughs> I get to see, see how things are handled over there. But I've talked to people in Australia, New Zealand, the UK, Canada. Um, and the people that I interview on the podcast, I think are some of the best people that I've interacted with in general. And I've moved all over the place. I've lived in like a couple different states here, a bunch of different towns. I've gone to different schools, worked in a ton of different places and met a ton of people. But some of the best people that I've met and that I know are from the advocacy and health groups that I've met through the podcast. Never met them before. Simply been like, Hey, who wants to come on the podcast? And from talking to them, like, they're some of the most genuine people. There's some of the most informative people and definitely some of the most empathetic. Cause we all understand that we're going through something. We might not understand exactly what we're going through, but we all understand that it's not fun and that we all have our good days. We all have our bad days and any information that we can to help each other, you know, suffer a little less. It's like, this is this automatic level of like, Hey, here's the information. Let's share as much as we can get everybody this info. Right. And I think that's only in like the health community, unfortunately, like you only really see that. So for everybody that's. Feels like they're alone or that's newly diagnosed to something. And maybe there's, you know, their family's not supportive or their friends aren't supportive. Like, go online and find your community because there's so many good people online that understand that yeah. they can help that have experience with it. Like you don't have to be in and deal with this stuff alone. If you're not getting the support you need around you, like find it because it is out there and there's tons of people willing to help the Facebook groups alone. Absolutely.
1: Yes. yes you know, so uh, just to share with you, uh, when I got diagnosed with my biggest challenge was to tell people what ALS is. They didn't know about ALS. Forget the medication for it, forget the line of treatment for it, forget any of those things. The first basic task was to make them understand what ALS is. Forget the outsiders. I had to explain to my own parents what ALS is, and they thought it's something, you know, it's okay, it's okay, it happens, you know. Nothing nothing terminal about it. Yeah, It's nothing big about it. You know? They also didn't know about it, and hence they could not react appropriately. And the biggest biggest hurdle I had to is I had no direction. As you just rightly pointed out, I had no direction. I didn't know what to expect because what was going inside me was, alone, was known to me alone. You know? And yeah. in this state, you know, you go to the doctors. They are not aware of it. They tell you you have limited time. They tell you to be happy. But how can somebody be happy like that? It's not an on and off switch, right? so no, you know, there was no. a serious lack of direction there was serious lack of direction there was serious lack of information there is was I was a lost kid I was a lost child yeah? that's how I was and uh, luckily for me then I got introduced to one of the groups uh, which is called as Spilling India M&D group and uh, one of uh, the, the person who's leading it Mr. Pinakir and Mr. Harinder they were there to guide me and that's when I found some kind of you know guidance that's where I found some kind of peace in terms of you know okay now i know i have there are a lot many more people who are like me this, and you know this is how they help and they have gone out of the ways to help me they have actually gone out of the ways in counseling me they've gone out of the way to you know make sure that i'm okay and they don't talk about stopping the disease they talk about reversing it you know? that's the positivity that they also give back to you and that's
0: so, and that's, that's a true. massive thing like Having a community, oh, because absolutely that helps so much with the mental state. Just knowing that you're not alone, dealing with it.
1: Absolutely, I I, I just you know, you know realized that had these guys not been there, I would have more information. The only information I had was through the internet. And, you know, and, and if you and if you open the internet, it's well, not always the best you resource. A cold, <laughs> oh no no no! Even if you have a common cold, you end up dying
0: yeah yeah (laughs) medical advice from the internet like not always the best place um yeah just just generally searching something online you don't always get the best results oh you have a headache cancer um oh you're coughing you've been coughing for two weeks yeah you're gonna die um yeah yeah Yeah, that's that's what (laughs) don't google your symptoms um not a great option but yeah, no, no. Having those communities is so important because, and, and I haven't even, I didn't even join the communities until like seven years into my colitis. Like I didn't even know they were a thing. I have no idea why I didn't think about it, but I didn't even try to look for them. And it's, it's so nice just being able to to pick up a conversation with someone and be like, man, were you on this medication or, oh yeah, you know, my joints today or, or even the, oh, the, yeah. the energy thing. Like, you say chronic fatigue, I automatically know exactly what that feels yes. like. Like I understand yes. <laughs> we're getting out of bed and like going to the bathroom is effort. Oh, like that's your day.
2: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Like some days you have 10% energy and some days it's like 110.
1: 40, and, 40, and, you're right. you know, yes, Papa.
0: And, and, and they could be right after each other. Like you can have a day where it's 110% energy. And then the next day you're at 10 and you're just like, what, what happened? why
1: yeah and then then that plays in your mind you know that oh they've gotten weak oh so am i am i losing my strength you know that that pops up in your head
0: yep you're like wow okay or you know you're like what did i do did i do something wrong did i trigger this is it just my body did i overexert myself the you know the past day like there's there's all these things that go along with just the chronic fatigue let alone everything else that comes along with especially als Mm -hmm. so yeah and it's, it's nice to have that community where you can bring up one thing and the people automatically know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. And like you discuss the
2: medicines,
1: the line of treatments, the reversal yeah. strategies of people who have actually reversed it. You oh,
2: know,
1: you, there you, are a lot you, of people who have already. Well, you... you have,
0: mm-hmm. no, yes, go sorry, you're good. No, you, you're good. Okay.
1: okay. So, you know, in this community specifically that I saw, we have a lot of cannabis uh, medicines that can be taken. now. Cannabis is something which is you know, not easily available in India. However, you know, the medicines didn't work for me, so you know those are really know, It was there in the community for me. It might work for you. It might not work for you. So I don't need to get
0: scared. Well, yeah, and it's it's important to kind of share that information. Like I myself, I'm on an infusion that I get every six weeks. Remicade. It's a biologic, right. um, and it helps with inflammation in your body, which helps with colitis. Okay, now. The normal dosage is a certain amount of milligrams based off of your weight every eight weeks. Well, for me, eight weeks wasn't frequent enough, but instead of stopping it, I went to a specialist that specializes in people that have severe and um, extreme Crohn's and colitis, which is where I fall into. The doctor's like, Hey, try it every six weeks. I see people all the time in the chronic, you know, the Crohn's and colitis community where they're like, "Ah, Remicade's not working. I'm probably gonna have to switch. And I'm like, Hey, before you switch, ask your doctor about every six weeks or four weeks. There it it helps a lot of people because with the, the Remicade, if you stop it for any long period of time, your body can build up antibodies and there's no guarantee you can come back to the medication in the future. Or you at least have to wait a really long time before you can start the medication again. So for some people when you're running out of medications and that's the last thing that works for you, you know, sharing that information of like just hey, bump up the frequency. And being able to share that in the community, people are like, oh my God, that's super helpful. So, yeah, being able to be like, hey, look, I know this medication, I know the nasty side effects, or hey, look, be prepared for this. If you're on that medication, this is going to come along with it. Here's what helps with it. Because the doctors don't always tell you, like, hey, or, you know, with, with my colitis, I have severe colitis, which is a lot less common. <laughs> I think my doctor only has one or two patients with severe colitis other than myself. So he just doesn't know treatment options like someone that deals with just severe people would. So it's really important to kind of share that information when you get it in, in things that work, whether it's diet, whether it's, you know, the spiritual and mental side of it, taking the time to focus on it and being mindful of it. It's so important to share it and be like, Hey, look, this is what worked for me. It could really help you guys give it a shot. And then if it doesn't, you know, reevaluate from there.
1: Right. Because right. not
0: every doctor knows every answer.
1: I completely agree. Unfortunately, they think they do, and if they don't have an answer, then well, they're at the mercy of God.
0: Yeah. That's what I realized. So it's okay. that's that's where the community I think kind of fills in. And you know, I don't I don't know about over there, but over here, we definitely have doctors that are very wrong with their information and they tell people one thing that's completely wrong whether it comes to a specific oh, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. so I, yeah and and i would imagine the same everywhere so if somebody's getting all of their information about als from one specific doctor that's really bad and doesn't is giving out the wrong information <laughs> like they can be panicked they can be overly panicked it's oh. already a bad enough diagnosis as it is and then somebody giving incorrect information on top of the diagnosis can can you know spiral into a panic and definitely doesn't help with the diagnosis in itself.
1: Absolutely. So I'll tell you the case of one of the doctors that I went to. Again, uh, you know, instead of telling me what I should be doing in terms of, you know, reducing it or trying to slow it down or, you know, all those things, two statements he gave me. One was, be happy. That's that's a standard statement that he went, be happy. Okay? And the second statement immediately after that he said was, you know, maybe you should sit down with your family and discuss, you know, when do you want to pull the plug on your life with this? Now, you want me to be happy,
0: that and is, you want me
1: to discuss this. Okay. That, yeah?
0: that, is, that, is a, that is a very direct question right off the bat. Like, <laughs> when do you want to pull the plug? Yeah, like, <laughs> like, whoa, okay. <laughs> Jeez. Like, and you told me I got a couple like, of years. Why are we always ta- already talking about this?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm like, chief, I'm gonna be here for some time, right? And I told him, Listen, I am I, not giving up, but then he's like, You know, it makes sense to, me to decide now. I don't see much options. So, yeah, that's 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 everywhere. You know, the doctors are now becoming gods if you really believe I mean, them, and the source of information that they give you is so that wrong. Yeah, the only thing you know, all down what everything that boils down to is your mental health, peace within. If I can share something with you is that, you know, I have come to realize over the last few, uh, last few months is basically beautiful realizations that have come to me now. The way that God works, the way He helps you build up God. If He's giving you something, then He's also helping you deal with it. He's giving you the tools to deal with it. Okay? That's what I genuinely believe. Secondly, if He's giving this to you, then He's giving His attention to you. He's helping you, you know, again, in India, we have our strong believers of karma, and we believe that, you know, it's actually helping us get cleared of a karma very soon, very soon, which means he loves you. He wants you to get cleared up fast, you know. And the only thing that I wish for is that whenever my end is here, you. if there is any reincarnation or a next life, a next birth, I do not know, I really don't know. But if there is, then, you know, I really don't want to start back. With this beautiful realizations in life, I would want to have the basic knowledge, with and I don't know how I can do that. That's, that's how that's that's the realization. That I have.
0: <clears throat> so, yes. you know, I believe I believe that everything negative in our life is a lesson to teach us something, and I think mm-hmm. so many people take all these negative lessons and they just throw. A little pity party around it, which I can say because I've done that in the past with my colitis. You know, I went through that stage of feeling bad for myself and oh, what was mm-hmm. me. Um, but I think truly that everything bad that happens to us is meant to teach us something and to push us in a direction. Sure. And, you know, I, I agree with the whole helping other people aspect because it's so important. And I think... I think you get this level of satisfaction and this feeling from helping others that you can't get from anything else. It doesn't come from being successful. It doesn't come from having a lot of money, being in an amazing relationship. There's just this feeling that comes along with just helping someone else just to help them that you can't get anywhere else. And it's so satisfying. Oh,
1: it's more
0: and- satisfying yeah and and people that don't like give back to their community, whether it's the local community or the health community, whatever community they're a part of, they don't understand because like they do, they don't understand why you try to help so much. Like like when I run the podcast, people there's so many people that around me and in, in, in work and, and that I used to go to school with and, and that I know, that don't understand why I put so much time into the podcast. that like, well, you're making any money from it? No. Well, so you spend money on it. Like, yeah, I spend money to run the podcast and I spend a ton of time doing it. Well, you could do all these other things with that time. Like, well, I know, but that's not helping people. Like, that's not the point. Like, yes, I can get a second job and work 30 to 40 hours a week. I could I make a lot of money and I could do a lot of things with it, but it's not helping people. And they don't understand because they haven't just helped people to help them. So they don't understand that feeling or the point or you know, the purpose of it.
1: so I, I completely get it there's a saying you know don't do drugs and I completely say that you know if you want to get as high as what you're doing with this security of, of that, try helping somebody and see that see that how high you get the kick that you get out of helping people that cannot it's, be that cannot be challenged or be car and don't don't help anyone with the expectation of getting something back that's
0: not anything. no. No, no. That's that's <laughs> a that's a ser, that's service. Like that's a service for that's that's exchanging time. You put something in and you expect right. something back. Like when, when you're supposed when you're helping people, you're you're serving other people. It's supposed to be just because it's what you're gonna do. Like you're not expecting anything back, not expecting a specific. You know, return.
1: And in most cases, even if the person doesn't
0: know you, much more better. Yeah. And you know what? And, and I think, you know, you have to go into it with that expectation because if you're truly helping someone, a lot of the times they're not in the mindset or they're not in the place to give anything back to begin with. That's nice. Like they're, nice they're right. in such a, you know, they're in such a dark place mentally, physically, financially, emotionally. Like you helping them is just to bring them out of that darkness and they're just getting back into the light and just beginning to understand like, Hey, look, I can still do things. This is, you know, I'm still worth, I still have worth to me, even though something bad happened, like they're in no place to give back or to do anything yet. And at the end of the day, the goal is to help them up. So when they're ready they can start helping other people, right. not you. Other people that need it.
1: Stay forward, stay
0: forward. Well, that's you know. I want to get um, at some point. I want to get a tattoo on my forearm, and I'm I'm Greek, so I want to get it in <laughs> Greek lettering.
2: Okay.
0: I'm part All Greek right. and I'm part French Canadian, but I want to get it. It's "Aego um, Imutufos which is "I am the light that shines in the dark" in Greek. And wow. I think about it a lot because at one point at, at the lowest of my diagnosis, I was very much in the dark, in a very dark place. And you know that, that saying that I kind of came up with is really important to me because I do want, like I'm at that point now where I want to be that light and start pulling people out of the darkness because I know how bad it is. Like I've been there. And I think it's really important to kind of pull people up. And a lot of them are just going to kind of go back to their normal grind, which is the goal. Um, but you're going to pull some of them up. And every once in a while, there's going to be someone that comes along and be like, you know what? I'm going to start doing the same thing you're doing. I'm going to start pulling other people up. Because they understand, all right, I was there. Now I have the tools to help other people out.
1: I. Is is I quite you know, agree to this, and I quite like the quote
2: that you mentioned.
1: You know, it changes the whole perspective, if I'm thinking about it. When you go through all this, it changes the perspective of the about the whole world. I you mean, know? the world is different. Now. I remember myself being angry, now I remember myself being a more understanding and helping them. Earlier, I would shout at somebody. Now I realize you know as you said that, that person isn't enough. Instead of shouting or something like that, that guy needs help. Help him. Yeah. Maybe he'll help other one. Well,
0: that's the thing, you help help one person at a time and when they're ready in time, they'll start helping people and those people will start helping people. So it's it's all about helping the people that you can because when in and it's something I you know, I was thinking about actually last week. I was like, you know what? There's so many people that have been in my life in the past that I've tried to help, that you know, I've had relationships with or that I've known or worked with or went to school with. And I've had all these resources and no one, you know, they, they don't want to let you in for the help. And I've realized, you know what? That's fine. I'm at the point where it's like if somebody doesn't want me to be a part of their life and to help, I realize now, you know, talking to people in the community, there are so many people out there that are begging for help, that don't know what to do, that desperately need it. So for everybody that tries to help people and they don't get anywhere, like you're just, you're just putting your effort into the wrong people. There's so many people that you don't know yet that you could have such an impact on. So, if there's people around you that you try to help and you don't get anywhere with, just just change your community because there's so many people that could use the help and that can grow so much from it.
1: Okay. In fact, I'm quite motivated to talk which have been in my mind, but I'm quite motivated. Quite motivated. And what you're saying is actually making a statement. Try to help those who already don't, already have help or
2: don't need help.
0: Yeah. Like there's, there's so many people that don't have a community. They don't have, because you got to think there's so many people that have such a small social circle and they don't know about Mm -hmm. all these communities that like, they might ask for help all the time, but the community that they're in, you know, their family, their friends, their circle just isn't there for it. So there's, there's so many people that you can help. And if, if you have people that, you know, around you that are friends that are family, sometimes people have to experience things before they can receive help. And those people that could use help that are, that just don't want it. They're still, they're still experiencing their experience. And once they're done, maybe you can help them but there are a ton of people out there that are going through some stuff. They've been through some stuff and they, they know like, Hey, look, I need help. They just don't know who to ask. So it's, that's what I'm all about. Like talking about the things that we've been through and especially making it a podcast, because a lot of people, especially guys, because, you know, guys are great at sharing their feelings across. I I would imagine it's the same in India as as it is in the U S like, you know, guys are supposed to be tough and not talk about their feelings and,
1: Right. That, that, that's the, Yeah,
0: There's a lot that's of guys that, yeah, you're not supposed to share any emotions. So they're not going to ask for help, <laughs> but maybe they right. run across a podcast or maybe they run across a post that you make in, you know, one of the, uh, one of the Facebook groups, or maybe they watch a video, you know, they can still get help in other ways. So it's so important to share everything that we've been through as much as we can, because some people might run across it. And maybe they don't want to specifically talk to you. Maybe they just want to listen. They just want to listen, and that's what they needed for help. They need to listen and be like, hey, look, there's all these people. And and I know it because I have a lot of people that listen to the podcast, and it's a lot more people than I've interviewed. I have no idea who they are, but I get a lot of episodes. that get quite a few listens, especially for how many people I've interviewed. So it's like, okay, some people are listening to it, and the viewer count slowly rises. So it's like, well... Somebody's getting help from this, you know. Somebody's listening to this and liking it because they're they're still listening. Yes. So, so those, they those they might people. not want to talk about it, but they're they're getting help. You know, it's helping them hopefully.
1: Oh yes, you are. Believe me, you are helping a lot of people. A lot of people. I'll tell you, one of my references that I got was thanks to one of the guys, Eric. I don't remember his name. Eric. And he had written a book called Eric is Willing, or specifically for A N S people. Believe me, that book became my life. Now, Eric would not, he's no more, but and he would not even know whether I'm reading his book or not. But believe me, I bought those seven, eight books, and I distributed amongst three people who are suffering from similar disease. I gave it to some of the doctors who are trying to, you know, in Ayurveda or in naturopathy, who are trying to get some cure for this, you know that guy had, was actually able to reverse the condition of the other. So if anybody can get that book Eric is winning, then actually go through that and you know he did very basic things. And it was like a Bible for me as well. So believe me your podcast will be a kind of a Bible for a lot of you know, a lot of people. If you have spoken to so many people and find out their folks speaking about a lot of things, things can be reversed. Only thing you need to have a mindful you need to have your mental ability to push yourself from the negative out of the negative zone. So and do it. And you're doing that. So yeah, you're helping them. Please, you're helping a lot
0: Oh, and, and and I hope to grow it and help a lot more people down the road too, because the bigger it gets, the more people it helps. And the more people it helps, the more so, people are focused on the community. So
1: yeah, you know, what I would request you is if you can share the links of your podcast. So yeah. You know, uh, unfortunately, not many people will be able to understand the fluent English that you speak or can do. But people who do understand, why not people start the same thing in India and start putting it into my book. And, you know, if that's that's one way if I can help them in any way in my community, that would be great. People need to know.
0: Yeah, once it goes live, um, I will definitely send you the link. I. Th- think it's going to be and the it's, it's definitely in the next month I don't have a ton of stuff pre-recorded right now um right but yes I will absolutely follow up and, and give you the link for it so that way you can share it and um a lot of the time I've been spending recently like I actually just went and posted in a couple of groups because I need more people to talk because I haven't been recruiting lately um mm-hmm. I've been spending a lot of time focusing on kind of the tools that I use in the background to create content. And one of the things that was a big part for me that I just figured out how to do effectively, because I knew how to do it, it just took way too long, is um, episode highlights. So one thing I'm going through is I'm going through every single episode and I'm getting like audio clips to highlight the episode to bring attention to it. And then I'm creating uh, video files with the audio visualizer. You know, how, like if you listen to a song and like a music video, it has the little wave forms that go up and down based on the sounds. Right. So creating those with audio clips to be able to promote on social media, to bring people back to episodes. So even episodes that I did, you know, eight months ago when I started the podcast, um, people can still be, you know, reintroduced to now as if it was a new episode, which is important. So that way, people that have shared their stories constantly get listened to as well so yeah i'm always i'm always working on, on making sure everybody's stories definitely as as listened to as possible um and i'm finally starting to find the tools to make it easier for myself because it used to take forever i made some audio clips and in, in processing some uh some video clips for a single episode you know hour and a half episode would take six hours to make clips for whereas now i can do it in like 15 minutes Oh, well, that's, that's yeah oh yeah streamline the process so much <laughs> so i can definitely start doing more of that yeah so when when i said i work like 30 to 60 hours a week on the podcast the amount of stuff that i do in the background creating templates creating <laughs> video formats editing like there's a lot of it so i'm always working on like how can i make this easier and faster so
1: Hats off to you. Hats off to you.
0: Well, is there anything else that you want to kind of focus on or share? I feel like we've had a pretty good conversation.
1: Oh, it was a you know, great conversation. I don't think so. I've spoken about ALS, or, you know, these things about at this length with anyone. And people contributing in terms of mental health. The points that you highlighted, you know, the discussion that you, you had, which actually had a quite a few takeouts. Uh, you know, like we, we spoke about mental health. We spoke about uh, not being free and all those things. Uh, just to summarize my experience, what I would like to share is find what fits for you. What gets for me was that you know there's a saying in India is like, "I'm alive. You know, if I'm alive, that means I'm not dead, and if I'm dead, then what I've got to be sad." Like that. So if yeah. i so like I'm that. alive you
0: know. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're yeah. still alive and kicking, so you might as well make something with it, right? Right.
1: Yeah. I'm oh, alive, you know, yeah. I'm breathing. Now don't I have don't
0: no do not give up when you get your diagnosis because you still have time left. Like you still have time to do things.
1: So I'll again share my own experience. Is that initially? Yes. Initial couple of weeks or three, four, I would say a month or so. I was shocked too because then, you know. When you get such kind of diagnosis, obviously your first is the first stage is to sink in. You know, let it sink in. Does it sink in? Once it sinks in, you tend to get panicked. Yeah. So in, in my case, I didn't know how further I should think of, think of. You know, I have a son who was at that point of time 14 years old. Okay, 14 and a half, and I didn't know how far should I see myself with him. Doctors gave me two years. So, you know, you start planning for two years, right? And it hits you, you know, there's so many things you want to do in life, so many things you want to achieve, and suddenly you realize you're short on time. And you don't know how long you plan for, what do you plan for, do you plan for long-term, short-term, this, this, this. Trust me, don't get into it. If I can help, if, I, if I've learned anything, don't get into that. Break it down into a process the way one of my friends actually helped me with that. he actually you know put it down to me saying hey okay, do what is needed to be done to make sure that this you know the future for your son is secure okay so I did that part of mine and then while I was doing that I started speaking to some of the people who just be positive about those and that's when I realized that you know, the part I said I'm not I'm alive, I'm I'm not dead yet. And that's what I have choice. Either I can sulk, I can go down, or I can fight it out. I decided to fight it out. Then comes the next step. How do you fight it out? So again, find what keeps me. For me, my Tao feeling, my Tao meditation, my Tao helped me. So that was something which worked for me. My business worked for me. My, my, My son, my friends, my wife, they all worked for me. You
2: know, the motivation behind it
1: all. Right. And then, I, you know, there was a stage when I was hiding my uh, disease from everyone, thinking what would they say or the crying or the trauma, you know, that comes along with emotions that comes in. People start coming in front of you and they start crying in front of you. And you really don't know what to do. So, you know, there was a a time when I actually messaged on my family groups that, you know, okay, I am suffering from this and you know, you're know you okay to visit me and by the way, not needed but if you want to visit me, trust me I am taking this very positively and I hope when you do when you come to meet me, you do too I don't want you to see crying I'm not dead, you can cry when I'm gone but I, not now you know? yeah. not, not, right now is not the time
0: I still got stuff I gotta get done <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, and there's a lot of things I have to do yet you know? and that's how I do and legally don't blame God or be angry with him. Look at the other side. Don't blame that, you know, why did I get it? When he was good to you, you didn't ask why good to me. Now, if you're in a bad state, then why are you asking why me?
0: Yeah, that's true. Like I say, I, hmm. I, I think good and bad, everything happens for a reason. So, don't get hung yeah. up on on, you know, what's happening. Try to figure out what can you do with it? Huh? What can you Actually, learn from it? What can you it... like help other people with?
1: Precisely That's there's always a purpose
0: behind us. it. Yeah.
1: The last thing that I was coming to was this You know, when you do these things, when you realize that okay, you've got these and you've understood the realizations when you know this is a good of the path, you have an option to take the path, but then it's only really gonna make you end fast without contributing to anything making a you know, moments count without counting. You know? So what you got to do? You got to make them count. How do you make them count? You make them count by doing good, by let you know, by letting yourself finally off the hook and letting go out of yourself, and you know, helping those people. Out you actually made them. make them count. You know? Don't 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 go away in oblivion. If you have the strength, if you have the resources, even if you don't have the resources, then you can pull in. But get those things to fit people. Let them know from your experience what needs to be done. And you are doing that. I mean, yeah. So this is what I would like to share. Believe me, I, I have wonderful realizations when I'm sitting with. Things that I have, you know, in India, just to give you one very small example of the realization that I had now I a few days back was, that, uh, so I have an office which is on the second floor of a commercial premises now in india it's very 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 rare that you would get a property which does not even have a two inch of uh, you know height on the flooring, you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: because of the water logging issues that you have in india but two years back when i was selecting my office premises, today i realized the benefit of this when i can just roll off my wheelchair for my car to my elevator to my office right to my desk and there's not even a half an inch gap
2: so maybe oh you muted yourself there we go yeah
0: so- some of the simplest things you don't think about and in the long run they have a have an impact like being able to get up to your office with a wheelchair.
1: Yes, absolutely. are my
0: Well, well, that is good. Um, well, I appreciate you coming on. I'll go ahead and stop the recording real quick. As always, thank you for stopping by and listening to the episode. Make sure you guys head over to thebeardedadvocate.com to show your support. It's got all the links to all the other social media platforms, which I'm creating a ton of new content on that I'm sure you guys would love to watch and hopefully in the future be a part of. So thank you as always and have a good one.